Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, September 12th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 27, the third paragraph, beginning with, He said to the doctor, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with, An alcoholic of your description. Today's readers are Nancy T. and the 12 Steps, Barb W. the 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Jack W. reading the text, Judith S.P. on page 164, and Shauna C. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Tamara C., and our second hour moderator is Roz G. The share ID for Sunday, September 11th, 2022, is 13,392. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry this message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 Steps. Hey, good morning, Rick. Thank you, everybody. Nancy T., Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thank you, Nancy. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. Barb W., gratefully recovered in Illinois. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
Tradition three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group but never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you, Barb. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We were sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter There is a Solution on page 27, the third paragraph, beginning with He said to the doctor, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with an alcoholic of your description. I'll now ask Jack W. to begin reading. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. This is Jack W. in Florida. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, I'm going to read the second sentence in the paragraph preceding. Um, And the doctor said, I've never seen one single case recover where the state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. And then the reading, he said to the doctor, is there no exception? Yes, replied the doctor, there is. Exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are a phenomenon. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of our lives, of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side and in a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. In fact, I've been trying to produce some emotional rearrangement within you 
with many individuals, the methods which I employed are successful, but I've never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. Well, I'm just so grateful uh, for the doctor and Rowan Hazard for just, uh, you know, getting this um, relief started that we all on this phone call are experiencing um, because I guess he just were locked up and, and died with this uh, disease before before then. So anyways, I was as I was kind of proofreading this, I uh, I looked up the word phenomenon and and it, the definition was rare. I looked up the word um, what was it? Conceptions and it was beliefs. So I got to thinking about myself. I went. I went to a family doctor once. He said, when you're ready to quit drinking, he said, come see me. So he, my mother was alcoholic. My grandma loved the pills, and he prescribed to her. And So I thought, well, I'll go and see what he has to say. Maybe he'll write me a prescription. And uh, his, his uh, help for me was to go to AA, and I was just disappointed. And, and, uh, and he said, do you want to end up like your mother? And you know, I didn't, but I didn't. I just wanted that miracle cure. But you know, and I and I'm so grateful for Roland because um, if you're gonna cast aside your um, conceptions and motives for a new set, you know, how do you do it without entire abstinence? That's what the big book talks about. If we're still putting a little bit into our system, and then here comes the phenomenon of craving, and that was my deal for so many years. And so, I, uh, you know, I'm just grateful that you know it, it's different with alcohol. You put it down, and you just don't touch it anymore. Where we have to eat three times a day, but the new the new set of conception and motives to me is just living in 10 11 and 12 every day you know i, I can i uh, my sponsor sent me a text saturday and said that the delusion the delusion has to be smashed where is it with you today they just kind of checking in with me and it says that on page 30 about step 1 and uh you know we're just not normal people and so I'm just grateful to be able to have this program and do the work. And, uh, you know, I have a good chance of having a, a great life. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for getting us started, Jack. Okay, before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Harlan G. Katie G. From Boston. Reva P. Jackie. I got two names. Who's her I have so far? Harlan G. Katie G. Reva P. And then I had two names kind of coming in at once that I didn't really hear either one very well. Sam F. Sam. 
And it's Jackie A. Oh, hey, Jackie. Gotcha. C. Okay, got uh what was the what was your name? I got the last initial C, but I didn't hear the first name, sorry. Sheila. Sheila, okay. All right. All right, guys. Um here's what I've got for our first lineup. Harlan G, Katie G, Reva P, Sam S, Jackie A, and Sheila C. And um Please uh, include your state when you introduce yourself. Harlan, you're up first, followed by KDG. Go ahead, Harlan, you're up. Thank you very much, Rick. This conversation, uh, I'm Harlan G., sorry. I'm a compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. It can easily be said with accuracy that this conversation in 1931, three years before Dr. Bob met Bill Wilson, that Alcoholics Anonymous was indeed formed. Roland Hazard is having a conversation with Dr. Jung in Geneva, Switzerland. And let's take a look at, I don't have the, you know, I, don't, I only have three minutes, but let's take a look at how many times the doctor is suggesting to Roland that things must change. Let's see how many times the concept of change is introduced in this conversation. It says, exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences, change. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. He called it a phenomena because he didn't really understand it, but he believed in it, unlike Freud or Adler. Freud and Adler believed that all solution lie within the mind, and Jung broke rank with them. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements, change, and rearrangements, change, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side, change, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them change. In, a, in fact, I have been trying to produce some such emotional rearrangement within you. Change. What is he suggesting here? That only a power greater than ourself can do this change, can accomplish this change. That this change is impossible because the broken brain that I have cannot fix my broken brain. And this idea of reliance upon a power greater than himself will catapult Roland to come back into New York and seek out the Oxford group with their tenants and their absolutes. And in seeking out the Oxford group, Alcoholics Anonymous was formed right there because the solution was absolutely introduced. Now, Roland didn't know the problem. And Jung didn't know the problem. He didn't know what Silkworth was telling Bill in 1933 and 34. He didn't know about the physical allergy, and he didn't know about the twist of the mind. He didn't know that it was an illness, but Jung had a solution that he suggested to Roland. Roland found a method of instrumenting this solution within the Oxford group. And Silkworth had the problem. So Alcoholics Anonymous, it can accurately be said, was absolutely formed in Geneva, Switzerland in 1931 during this conversation. And the Gentle rest reminder. is history. Thank you, 
Rick, for your service. All right, thank you, Harlan. Katie G, you're up next, followed by Reva P. Go ahead, Katie. Hey, Rick. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, recovered by God's grace and mercy from anorexia, bulimia, and compulsive eating. You know, when I... um. Obviously, this whole paragraph is about change. And for me, the biggest thing that needed to change is who I am, right? Like, I remember my earliest memories were based on, please love me. Please give me what I want. Please fix me. I need to get my needs met. Please take care of me. Me, 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 me. I was so selfish that I remember a friend's son killed himself, and I was resentful at her because she didn't call me and tell me. Most recently, the thing that has dominated me the most is thinness. I wanted to be thin. I worshipped at the altar of um, Peloton and the scale, and I just wanted me to be okay. Those were my ideas, emotions, and attitudes. And I'm here to be a ticker tape parade for God, right? Like nothing that has happened to me has been anything that I've done because I'm a good person. It's because of God. And I'll also say that um, this paragraph gives me some growing pains, you know, like change for me has been slow and it's been painful. So this morning when I was reading this, I had tears in my eyes because my vital, my life-giving, so vital signs, right? You're in the hospital, so they check your vitals, your blood pressure, your oxygen, your whatever, your CBC, your chest x-ray, they're doing doing all that, right? And... um, you know, what I'm waking up to very clearly from the, from the ravages of my disease, when I ask, how can I be of service, what's coming to me is the areas of my life that need service. And, you know, a much more important demonstration lies in my home occupation and affairs, but I came into the rooms with nothing. I didn't come into the rooms married and with little humans and other people, so it's really easy for me to go to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, things that are not easy for me that now dominate me. Honesty, honesty. There's no such thing as a white lie. If I, if I lie in any area of my life, which I did, and I was asleep, dreaming I was awake, lying about the exercise, lying about the scale, through my teeth, and thinking that is my special thought, I have put a, a sign on my forehead that says, God, do not enter, right? Go away. But today, the most important thing I do every day is I'm honest, and I ask How can I be of service? And it's not always comfortable. In fact, most of the time, the service that I need to do, hanging up the phone, being of service with my family, being of service in places that are not easy for me, that's where God wants me to be. You know, so if you're new and you're uncomfortable, welcome home. Because the most important thing we do is change. And please, God, help me to continue to change and be a ticker tape parade for the power, grace, and mercy of you. And with that, I guess. Thank you, Katie. Reba P., you're up next, followed by Sam S. Go ahead, Reba. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, yeah, so this uh, paragraph is a lovely description of what the spiritual experience consists of. And yeah, it's all about change. And to be honest, I didn't come here to change. 
Um, I'm not a big fan of change. I'm, I'm a fan of the familiar, even if the familiar is negative and destructive, because um, it's just familiar. Um, but although I came here to control and manage the food, and I thought it was all about the food, I started seeing that the people who had what I wanted had this spiritual thing. Um, and the longer I have stayed around, um, I notice that the people who are you know, peaceful, serene, and content have had this spiritual experience or awakening. And these are not the same people. I will never forget, I walked into a meeting once and I saw somebody who looked familiar and she was not the same person because she had recovered. Um, and that was so attractive. Um, and it still is attractive to me that I do the do things, I do the steps. And, you know, it's easy to get caught up with, oh, I'm supposed to change my ideas, attitudes, and emotions. I will change them. I don't change them. God changes them. And it happens to me as a result of putting down the food and working the steps. And I just wanted to share this morning that around this time, last Monday, my mother passed away. And she was one of the first people on my, you know, huge resentment inventory. And wow, 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 you know, it's been many years, but my ideas, emotions and attitudes about both my parents had a total transformation. And I was able to show up with love, not out of just obligation. And I was able to be present before um, those few days before and the whole past week, you know, to really give honor and credit and see my mother in a whole different light. And, you know, somebody pointed it out to me and I take it for granted, but that is a miracle. And I didn't do it by, you know, affirmations and positive thinking and let's look for my mother's positive attributes. It came from the heart and God has done like a heart transplant, a mind transplant that I see things differently. And there is so much love as opposed to all that anger and resentment. And for that, I am so grateful. I don't have regrets. I've said everything I needed to say. And I was the person that I thought God needed me to be. And what a miracle. I was not that person before. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. Sam S., you're up next, followed by Jackie A. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Rick, good morning. Thank you for leading. Wow, what powerful testimonies of this program. Um, you know, when I, when I heard this, when I had heard this sentence for the first time ever, this felt really, really bleak to me. But in 2022, after knowing years and years of, uh, and, and numbers and numbers of people have had these vital spiritual experiences, you know, I, I used to think about this as like ex like the exception. I wouldn't be able to get this because I was the exception. There were these heavy hitters on these meetings that were just like slam dunk amazing. And, and I couldn't get this because I tried everything else. But what this tells me here is that um, that what seemed like an exception many moons ago in 2022, there are a lot of people that have gotten recovery a lot of people as a result of working this program. So this gives me a lot of hope because for me, for, you know, a few years of being in the rooms and thinking that I was going to get recovery just being in a meeting um, and thinking I was going to catch it through what someone called once osmosis, like my butt hits the chair and then I'm going to catch it. That didn't work. 
But when I was finally, um, you know, done, when I was finally surrendered by the food, I was willing to take the hands of someone and just take the directions. And, you know, that person said it to me piecemeal. And we went through one part at a time. So these exceptions, I mean, this is an exceptional miracle, but it's, it is doable and we get changed. There's not much that we do. You know, there are steps that we take, but everything gets changed when we do our little pieces of work here. And so I'm just here to say that, you know, while this might have seemed bleak once upon a time, it's really hopeful because there are a lot of miracles that are happening here. Thanks. With that, I pass. All right. Thank you, Sam S. from Rhode Island. Jackie A., you're up next, followed by Sheila C. Go ahead, Jackie. Good morning, fellowship. Happy Monday. Thank you, everybody, doing service today and listening. Um, I, I'm amazed by everyone's individual journey, but also my own coming through away and hearing this chapter. So six years ago, I had a spiritual experience where I was paddleboarding and came back during hail. And because it's October, that's what happened. Um, and I remember a Chevy Silverado being on the fisherman's pier and, like, not doing anything. Like, I was screaming. You could clearly see a, a person paddling in the ocean for distress. They pulled away. So who was on the shore that day was it happened to be a neighbor that used to be a Marine colonel that I had never met before. And what I learned for me is that God shows up as, like, a sign, ironically, as a black Chevy Silverado of, I'm watching you through this journey and I'm not going to help you out of it, but I'm going to show you a way in a way we can. And I'm going to guide you in a different way. I was not clean from the food then, let me tell you. I probably went inside, binged on God knows what, probably a bag of popcorn, a whole one, a watermelon, and then went to work. Um, a couple of years later, I put down alcohol and I was went from dating an addict, being hungover, to working in addiction treatment. I, he used to see a psychiatrist and had bipolar. I didn't know at the time that I had bipolar and went to go work in addiction treatment that next month. And we broke up because at that point I couldn't be a hypocrite. Fast forward 2019, I went for the first time to a psychiatrist who's a dear friend of mine. She works in addiction treatment. I've been in therapy now for 25 years and I'm a, I'm a therapist. I still, I was spiritual. I practiced all of the tools of OA. I had, I had fellowship friends. I had been to AA meetings, OA meetings in the past. And the irony is that I couldn't understand why the heck I, like, I, I wasn't on the vicarious side of this getting any better. And the cool thing is, is that I didn't have the algorithm of the steps. I love the traditions, like I love the NASW Code of Ethics for social work, like I was a policy chair in undergrad, like I love that kind of stuff. However, I didn't, I couldn't put it all together, I didn't turn my life over to God, and even just listening to this now, I'm like, I wasn't, I wasn't effing clean of the food, I couldn't have that spiritual experience that I had that the Dr. Young's talking about, and I love Carl Young, but like, because I didn't have all the pieces and the fellowship taught me and, and the OA program taught me, I have to have it all. Like I have to have, I can't do it. Um, I can't pick and choose the parts that I want in the order that I want 
in the gentle in reminder. So or not cleanness, but whatever. The empty system that can that can empty myself to the God here, God. So with that, I pass. Thank you. All right, that was Jackie A. from Connecticut. Just a reminder, guys, to include your name and the state you're from when you introduce yourselves. Sheila C., you're up next, and then we'll get some more names. Thank you. Hi, this is Sheila C. from New York. Thank you so much uh, for your service, everyone's service. I really, this is so moving to me, um, the fact that it says once in a while. Once in a while, how blessed are we? Once in a while, alcoholics have what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of their lives, of these men, are suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. Uh, Just feeling tremendous gratitude. Uh, Just got back from a vacation yesterday. And um, the the freedom, the joy, um, the love, the huge, huge <laughs> rearrangement, um, the difference in my life with uh, being abstinent, um, having the grace because of this program. So for me, a big part of receiving neutrality uh what am i putting aside drastically it's my ego my ego is such a huge part of not being able to um partake in this blessing that so many of us so many people have um and I just thought of when I was listening, when I was 19 was the first time I, I came to OA. I'm 53 now. And I remember telling my dad, who he was active at the time. He did get recovered, but he was an active alcoholic, you know, had this problem with food. And he laughed. He thought, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, he just, it wasn't his fault, but it's like these things got in me. Like, never tell anyone. This is tot- This is the most shameful thing. And I was also an alcoholic, and thank God I'm sober many years. But just never talk the truth about this so to be able to um you know you guys do it for me i received the grace to tell the truth that i'm a compulsive reader i cannot handle my food by myself and then to go on a vacation it was such a blessing because we had a, our own kitchen we you know made that choice on purpose so i was able to easily on top of it just have my you know the foods that nourish me and support me but the beautiful part was like in the evenings just just not even um called or anything because of how you know the support that i'm receiving from this program so and then to come home yesterday not exhausted not depressed not all right now i gotta get my food together and then to be able to go to my mom's uh who i'm gonna try to reminder you know and thanks just wrap up and um want to be with her and spend time with her and be of service to her it it is beyond my wildest dreams so thank you i pass all right thank you so much sheila c all righty before we continue with our second group of names we are in the chapter there is a solution on page 27 the third paragraph beginning with 
He said to the doctor, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with an alcoholic of your description, and though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Loretta A. Joey M. P. Sorry. Okay, hold on just a sec, guys. Um, so I, I got Loretta H. And then, then it's a little bit of a, a jumble to me. Then there was somebody right after Loretta whose last initial was B. Joanne. Julie E. B. Okay, Joanne B. And then there's Julie A. B. E. B. Yep. E. B. Okay. Dana P. Oh, again, I I'm getting two names at once. Let's let's try again. Dana P. Okay, here's what I've got so far. Loretta H., Joanne B., Julie E. B., Dana P., Jen A. Julie P. Gotcha, Julie. Anne-Marie K., Pennsylvania. Anne-Marie K. Yes, Joanne W. Lorena P. And Lorraine, was that something C.? Lorena. All righty, let's stop there, guys. All right, here's what I have: Loretta H, Joanne B, Julie E B, Dana P, Jen A, Julie P, Anne Marie K, and Lorena C. If I got anything wrong, you can just correct that when you introduce yourselves. Please remember to include your name, first initial of your last name, and your state. Loretta H, you're up first, followed by Joanne B. Go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Rick, and good morning, all my God, lovely people, along with my precious God who saved my life, uh, Loretta H. Recovered in North Carolina. And it talks about the displacement and rearrangements. I call that my perpetual perceptions, um, that diseased mind, dis-ease. And... Um, I love the spiritual experience because that's basically what I had when I came in the second time. There is a principle which which is a uh, bar against, well, it talks about my ego, that contempt, that contempt, that contempt that I had, which is my ego. And today, that, that's the Herbert Spencer thing, and it says on We Agnostics, if that is the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience can conquer. And my perceptual perceptions are, um, of, of course, um, I am God. I, you know, I have to do this all by myself. And that's what got me in trouble. And also, as other people have shared, I lived in the world of um, you can never be too rich or too thin. And so as a result, that was what I tried to achieve for my whole life until I came in the second time and realized that um, I was very, very sick and I was desperate. My father had died and I did not show up. And this time I was willing to go because I had this wonderful sponsor who actually 
um, was a nutritionist. This is all a spiritual experience. She also, we ran, and she, we, she ran to a big book meeting after our runs in the morning. And she would get the digestion of our program through this book. And, um, you know, I grew up in a religion, and I love the phrase um, that uh, spirituality is for people who've been to hell. Religion is for people who don't want to go to hell. And see, that's, I always confuse those two. And with God's grace and mercy, because I desperately needed a rearrangement. I was sicker than sick. I was gaining weight. I never gained that much weight except for when I almost got fired from my job. I was suicidal, wanted to pull that mattress down, but did not know how, as Bill did, um, from my apartment in New York. I was desperate, dying, and just dead. I was actually a dead person. Thank you. And God gave me a new beginning. And with that, I passed. Thank you, Loretta H. Joanne B., you're up next, followed by Julie E.B. Go ahead, Joanne. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne P. from Pennsylvania. Oh, my goodness, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. When I read this paragraph, I just want to thank all of you, first of all, for your fellowship and your shares and for so much that I've learned. Uh, I read this paragraph, and it just reminds me of where I was and where I am now. And if it wasn't for a vital spiritual experience, I don't think I'd be here today. First of all, by the grace of God, I'm here and quickly learned that um, the way I was, the ideas, the emotions, the attitudes that I had coming into this program, I had to be put aside. And uh, I think about where I was, you know, and, and the, I was, I was so self-centered, so undisciplined, unaccountable and, yeah, I reacted to everything. I, um, yeah, I thought I was the victim. I was just, yeah, it was all about me, and I was fearful, very dysfunctional, and codependent. Today, by the grace of God, um, I I found this this program and the twelve steps which were my guide to recovery. And, and so I, I suddenly um, realized that it's not about me, it's about God. And that was my vital um, spiritual experience, that without God, I um, couldn't put away the ego and my self-centeredness. And I had to become accountable and honest. I had to be um, surrender and uh, surrender to God all these characteristics to become a functional part of this world, to become loving, to be um, active in my recovery, to be working with others, and um, to give, to help others. Those were the um, those were the actions that had to be changed in order for me to experience 
any kind of recovery. And every day is a new day. Yeah, we wake up an addict and we um, start all over again with our 12 steps and putting aside all the ways that I was. And I'm just so thankful to God for being here today. I've only been in this program for um, two years now. And it took me uh, many relapses to finally get it. So my last relapse was in March. And I'm... Gentle reminder. Yeah. And I'm um, just very thankful to all of you, my sponsor and my fellows, for helping me to understand the love of God, which keeps us right where we are today recovered. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Joanne P. Julie E.B., you're up next, followed by Dana P. Go ahead, Julie. Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And, um, oh, I'm so grateful today to be an exception. Um, I always thought I was an exception to a lot of things, Um, most of all, um, to just being safe and protected and um, to being okay in the world where everyone else seemed to be. Um, But today, um, to be an exception, to have had, you know, to have maintained over over 135-pound weight loss for for five years, that's just the beginning because the ideas, um, feelings, attitudes which once drove me were what I now call my lower power voice, that I'm never enough, um, that... uh, you know, that life is just happening to me, that it's my job just to have all these oversensitive feelings, um, you know, that um, when I came to the point where there's no middle of the road solution, bottom page 25, I could just blot out as best I could my intolerable consciousness, my intolerable situation. That's what I used to live, awake always. So what was intolerable? Now, what was intolerable to me might be different and what's intolerable to you, but my life was just so painful. I like to say all my nerves on the outside. And now today there's a place deep inside, safe. Um, I have a power greater than me, but also a power that is personal to me, that I went through the second step, but especially the third in we agnostics. And I just looked at what are those flawed ideas? What are the uh, superstitions, the obstinacies, the sensitivities, the fixed ideas. What were all those lower power ideas that were keeping me stuck so I could not have any awakeness to a power uh, personal to me that was everything that would, would speak in those moments and say, you are loved, you are seen, it doesn't seem like it, but you are. And this has created a huge emotional displacement and rearrangement. So now, instead of regulating myself from the outside, from other people, places, things, um, today, uh, my, my, uh, my center is that I belong to my higher power and that there's a place inside of me where I am approved of and loved and can go out and be of service by just asking what's next. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Julie E.B. Dana P., you're up next, followed by Jen A. Go ahead, Dana. Good morning. Good morning, Dana P. I'm in California, uh, compulsive overeater, uh, vomit bulimic. 
I'm really amazed at this paragraph. And I look back in history, on my own history, but history in general, and I really appreciate all the shares at the beginning about the history. And I studied Carl Jung when I was in college many, many years ago, and I was in my disease and talking about this spiritual experience. And he says, you know, occasionally, occasionally. So speaking to the newcomer um, and or people that are just like I was, sort of wallowing around trying to figure out what was going on and not getting it, this spiritual experience, this white light that he's talking about, um, take heart. Uh, for me, it's a continual process of awakening. It's not that one, one and done sort of I'm uh, on, the, on the flip side. Um, for me, it's a continual process. Um, as one of uh, my teachers says, it's like the dimmer switch, you know, click, 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 moving up every day. And um, it's not like the hand of God came down and touched me on the forehead. Bam, it was done for me. Uh, I had to do this work. And when I say this work, I mean the 12 steps. And I have to continue to do this work. And so where, where it really started to happen for me in a big way uh, was when I started to really see my character defects, you know, my selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and fear, and how I was living from that place, and really getting clear about what that was for me, and how, you know, I didn't really see what was going on around me. You know, I was, I was asleep, and so into myself. And so when I got to step six and seven, getting very clear about that, realizing that there wasn't anything I could do to change it. Now, I had to give it to my higher power, um, and it's a continual process, like I said. So, you know, an awakening, and I'm so grateful for that understanding. Um, and the back of the book talks about the spiritual experience in the appendix, uh, and that stuff is so powerful for me. So it's what I hold on to, um, and it doesn't have to be occasionally. It doesn't have to be occasionally. We have these tools. We have the steps. And, and we have our higher power, every single one of us, whether we believe it or not. And so I'm just going to pass with that uh, this morning, and thanks, everyone, for being here. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Dana P. Jen A., you're up next, followed by Julie P. Go ahead, Jen. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Thanks, everybody, for being on the line and making this meeting happen. My name is Jen A. I'm recovered here in Colorado, and um, he's absolutely right. Um, he can't help me. The doctor can't help me. Um, and he doesn't know the answer, but the answer is spiritual in nature. And, um, you know, I came from a long line of religious background in churches, serving in ministry. Um, that's how I lived for 14 years in the food, thinking that God was going to come in and there was no room for God, um, you know, with the food and the behaviors. And that's what this 12-step way of life has taught me taught me um, that I need to do these steps and I need to go to meetings and I need to get a sponsor. There's a lot of doing, right? A lot of action taking. Um, and when I do these actions and, and these things, then something transformational happens to me. And like it said, can't explain it. You hear everybody on the line this morning. Wow. What great testimony to the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and how it works for the still suffering compulsive overeater like me. And it still works today because I'm not just doing anymore. I'm living it. I live the 12 steps and I live the 12 traditions the best of my human ability. 
And I love what I read this morning in the 24 hours a day. You know, it's conference-approved literature, but it says right here, it says, try to seek in all things the advancement of his kingdom. Seek the spiritual values of what? Honesty, purity, unselfishness, and love, and earnestly desire spiritual growth. Then your life, Jennifer Marie, will emerge from the darkness of futility into the light of victory. And every day um, is not, you know, victorious and magnificent for me. Great things happen in my life. Don't get me wrong. As a result of living this way and letting God rule my life. But for the most part, when the little things irritate me and other stuff comes at me, I have a way in which to deal with that. And that's go to God, go to God and go to God. And little did this, this Dr. Young know um, that, you know, he was like, hey, it ain't, it ain't going to be through me. It's going to be through something bigger than myself. Remember, we learn in here. I learned it's not through human aid. Human aid is temporary. But the lifetime of change of transcending the levels of consciousness happened with God's help. And it only happens when my palms are facing upwards. And I'm saying every single day, all day, thy will, not mine, be done. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jen A. Julie P., you're up next, followed by Anne-Marie K. Go ahead, Julie. Good morning, Julie P., gratefully recovered in Minnesota. Um, Thank you, everybody, for your service this morning. I am totally having this vision as I am a fisherwoman with the line about casting to one side my old ideas, my emotions, and attitudes. And I was out fishing yesterday, and I am so grateful that I know that it may take hundreds of casts before I reel in a fish. And I am so eternally grateful that I, the only fish that I need to catch is my higher power, who I choose to call God. And I have totally been transformed, like they say in this book. And I know that I did not do it by myself. It was my higher power. And I just had to keep casting and casting until that transformation happened. And I know that every morning I need to suit up, show up, and wear beige. Because if I get out of bed and put on my red clothes, it says Julie's all powerful wearing red today. When I suit up and show up and wear beige, I'm neutral. I get to start all over again, set everything aside, and learn whatever my higher power has to teach me today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Julie P. Anne-Marie Kay, you're up next. And... uh... If you, uh, Hi, this is Anne Marie K. Pennsylvania. Time. I'm um, so. A little bit of less time, that'd be uh, awesome. So thank you. Go ahead, Anne Marie. Hi. Thank you. I'm Anne Marie K. in Pennsylvania. So grateful to be here today and for everyone doing service. Um, you know, I, this, this paragraph, I love this paragraph so much. And I am one of those people that just would not surrender. I came into program in my 30s, but it took me till I was 68 to get down on my knees and finally say, okay, I'm ready. Uh, it took me a while to say, okay, I'll get up at 7 o'clock again in the morning. Since I'm retired, I don't like to do that. But I needed to, and, and it was the the willingness 
again to stop doing what I'd always done before. And when I when I read the one part here that says I've been trying to produce some emotional arrangement, I think of my first sponsor and how much she helped me. And even though I had had vital, I mean, I had so many miracles that I saw during my first time in OA, I still wouldn't apply it to me. And today, that is the vital spiritual experience of the educational variety. Thank God for that. I've taken lots of studying, <laughs> for sure. But the force was deep in me. And like Yoda says, you change or you don't. There is no other. Today, I'm going to change more than I want to be right. I want to give my life to a higher power that loves me more than I love myself. And, you know, it's just such an amazing thing. And it, it took me, I, I'm still, you know, I always go back to page 58, and, and I wrote years ago that I was incapable of being honest with myself. I knew it because I, I thought I was unique, that I could be dishonest and would still work. And those lies to myself continue for so many years. Uh, today, I'm willing to surrender. And every time those thoughts start to come in my mind, I need to remember that I will be done, not mine. Just as I needed to remember to get up today to be able to hear the shares of recovery. Um, you know, I wanted that fast and easier way. I chased the dragon of diet pills from the time I was 16. And I was always looking for them until I was even 55, I thought. But I finally got the ability to get some amphetamines because I was ADHD. But it didn't work anymore. It didn't take away the fat that I thought was my problem. Only I wasn't fat. And all the time I really needed was to reach out and really surrender to God. And I did that when I, when I recognized that my son was talking suicide and there was nothing that I could do to change that. I had to trust God. And he brought me through that. And in the morning when I, I knew I was seven hours away and couldn't, and I woke up in the morning and the thought of Isaac and Abraham came into my mind, and I don't know why, because I was brought up in a religion that didn't really study the Bible. Okay. Thank you. And I'll pass with that, and I'll say that when I learned to surrender is when the miracle happened. Thanks so much for letting me share my past. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Elena C., you've got a minute if you'd like to take it. Oh, wow. Yes, I'll just I'll just be brief. Uh, my name is Elena C., gratefully recovered, compulsive overeating, and overeater in um, South Carolina. So I just want to, okay, so Jung, Carl Jung, I, I, I just love the history, the, this uh, Roland and Jung story. And Carl Jung, the reason um, he was the first um, psychoanalyst and in psych, and, and the whole history of psychotherapy to come up with the idea of spirituality is healing. And what he did uh, see that, um, with the advent of modern society, uh, people were um, were not using as much spiritual beliefs, and it, and the society had a spiritual problem, and that faced uh, they would say where, who I am and where I'm going, and he from his religious belief introduces this in helping people. He did see that some alcoholics are recovering um, in church. That's where he got this idea that, you know, you can recover if you have vital spiritual experiences. And I think that's all I, I uh, can say. And with that, I'll pass. Perfect, Elena. Thank you so much. 
All right. Thank you to everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour, unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, September 12, 2022, is 13,393. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Judith S.P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Judith S.P., Gratefully Recovered in Maryland. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.